0: Welcome, good morning. Uh, like heaven said, my name is Patrick. I'm the student pastor here, and I have the honor and privilege to be with you this morning. Um, and it really is an honor to stand on this stage where uh, really are the greatest lead pastors on the planet, Pastor Sean and Lisa Abking, help lead us and guide us and love us so well. Uh, this morning, Pastor Sean was actually scheduled to, uh, to teach the intro to this new series, but he is not feeling well, and, um, and so he's not clapping his hands or stomping his feet right now. But so um, if we can, I just want to pray for our pastor that, um, that health would, would come his way. And we, I know that we serve uh, the creator of our bodies, and we serve the healer of our bodies. So let's pray together for our pastors for a moment. Father, we are so thankful that your spirit is here with us, but with Pastor Sean as well. And God, we know that you created us, you formed us, you know every part of our body. So God, we just release healing by the power of your spirit to Pastor Sean right now. We thank you, God, that you're strengthening him. God, that every symptom is gone, every infection is gone, everything that may ail his body is gone in Jesus' name. We thank you for healing right now. We thank you for our pastors and the faithfulness and steadfast love that they have for this house, this city, this community, and all they've done for us. Every, Every sacrifice that Pastor Sean and Pastor Lisa have made for this. Place God, we love them. We're so thankful for them. In Jesus' name, Amen, Amen, Amen. I really do love our pastors. I love the leadership and the elders of this house. It's so awesome to to be a part of this body, and uh, and and the people. You guys are so amazing, and uh, you look good this morning. You, you I was standing close to some people; they smelled good. So that's always something to be thankful for. Um, but this morning we are we're jumping into the the new series, Emotions and uh if if you're anything like me um i am on one side of the spectrum of emotions um and if, if you're taking notes uh the title of my message is uh emotions an introduction to emotions by a brick and uh and that's really kind of my my emotional capacity uh, it's about as as fluctuant as like a, a sheet of drywall or a brick or cement it's just flat and uh my wife she has seen me cry like twice maybe. Um, I've never ever once seen my father cry. Um, uh, my mother on the other hand is a little bit more like my wife and there might be a little bit more of um, some flexibility there you know when it comes to expressing raw emotion. And um, and I think uh, her and my dog actually they're like the perfect picture of, um, of passion. And um, uh, Raquel she'll let you know in a minute uh, when she's excited and if you messed up it's over fellas but um she's beautiful and I love her she's right here on the front row and um just so everybody knows I always call her out every service so everybody knows right here right now she's mine <laughs> but uh yeah my, my emotional capacity I think for for expressing emotions processing emotions I think it's a little bit slower than it's supposed to be um and I, I know that um, maybe some of the gentlemen in the room, you can relate to that. I think sometimes we, we just um, don't like to think about it, right? We, we don't want to really deal with it. Um, and, and some of the ladies in the room, if, if you are married uh, to a man who processes emotions like that, you wish that they would show a little bit more, right? That they would just open up a little bit, breathe, show us that you're alive, you have a pulse, let's see some sort of reaction from you, right? And, uh, and so there's all kinds of different ways to express emotion, and we're all on different ends of the spectrum, maybe we're in the middle, wherever you're at, but emotions are there. And um, one of the beautiful things I love about God's word is it brings to life to us this fact. And even in some of the strongest, most powerful uh, men and women of our faith uh, that you can see throughout the history of the Bible and in in, in the history books that... that they maybe on the surface seemed like they had it all together. Maybe on the surface seemed like they were these awesome men and women of faith and of power and of God's spirit. But if you just scratch the surface a little bit, if you just go past the, the, like, stare, the stereotypical Sunday school scriptures, you go in a little bit deeper, you'll see that there was some emotion at work. And so this morning I want to read in First uh, in Kings chapter 19. First Kings chapter 19. Um, one of the the greatest men of faith that the Bible has to show us elijah um, he he was he was crazy y'all he did some insane things he his faith was um, was really beautiful and it was powerful and was bold but um, even though I think that probably a lot of us would like to look at Elijah as being somebody who's not really emotional, um, this story is an awesome picture of him being exactly the opposite. This is first kings nineteen verse three because when Elijah saw how things were. He ran for dear life. I know that some of us have probably been in a situation or two where when we figured out what was going down, we were out of there, right? Like, I'm not sticking around to see how this plays out. I got to go. So he says, when Elijah saw how things were, he ran for dear life to Beersheba, far in the south of Judah. And he left his young servant there. He left all his friends. He's like, I don't have time for any. I got to get out of here. And there he went down to the desert another day's journey. And he came to a lone broom bush and collapsed in its shade wanting in the worst way to be done with it all to just die. Enough of this God. Take my life. I'm ready to join my ancestors in the grave. And Exhausted he fell asleep under the lone broom bush. And suddenly an angel shook him awoke him and said get up and eat. So I think that um, even though we would like to be pictured or viewed as the Elijah's of our generation, the, 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 the men and women who are strong in our faith, who never have issues, who, who never waver, who never let emotion overtake them, I think a lot of times our lives look a lot more like this. And I think that uh, sometimes we get so focused on how we feel, that we fail to realize that emotions are terrible drivers. Emotions are terrible drivers and leaders of our life. And really, if we lived by our emotions, all of our parents would have given us away already. Uh, We all would have dropped out of school. Uh, There would be a hole in every single one of our TVs. Every uh, uh, game console controller, remote controller would be cracked in half. Um, every long-term relationship would fail, every marriage would end in divorce, would have a 100% divorce rate, and every case of road rage would end in either jail or death. And it's just plain and simple. When we let emotions drive, we end up in places we don't want to go. And so this morning, if you're taking notes, my, that leads me to my first point. Emotions are gauges, not guides. Emotions are gauges, not guides. Guides. Emotions, they're, they're terrible, terrible guides. Uh, I remember uh, growing up one year, my, my, uh, my family decided we're going to take an all men's fishing trip. You know, like a, a manly man's trip, right? And I, I'm all right with fishing. Like, I'm okay with it um, as long as fish are biting, right? But as a 12-year-old, I was especially that way. Like, I, it had to be something that there was some action. I, I, I would, if, if it's going to be a slow day, I would rather be at home watching TV, playing video games, hanging out with friends, going to the movies. Something that is going to be, like, catching my attention, right? But we decided we're going to go on this fishing trip and we're going to drive all the way to Minnesota. We're going to go to the Great Lakes and we're going to spend time. It's going to be awesome. We're going to catch fish. It's going to be beautiful, right? and uh it was really awesome some of the best memories of my childhood were on that trip and and so my myself my father my grandfather my brother we we all went on this trip and uh it was great and it it was um, a long trip i drove all the way from lathrop missouri which is like 45 minutes north of here out in the middle of nowhere all the way to the great lakes up in minnesota right and that was back in the day when I didn't have a smartphone with a data plan. I didn't have YouTube. It was my Game Boy. And when those AAAs died, it was over. And so it was a long trip. It took, cost me something in my soul to get there, right? And we get there, and it's this beautiful cabin right on the lake. And every morning the fog would roll in and the sun would rise. And every evening we'd go and we'd cook our, our, our dinner over a fire. And it, it was awesome. It was a great bonding experience with the men in my family. The only problem is, over the six days we spent in Minnesota, we caught zero fish. We went all that way and caught nothing. I'm sure that my, my father and my grandfather put in hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars on this trip and wanted it to be a special time, and we caught nothing. Nothing. And, uh, and I remember um, after this trip, a few years later, we decided we're gonna take another trip, and we're gonna do it in Florida. We're going where it's warmer, there's gonna be a beach. This is going to be much better, right? But we learned our lesson. On our fishing trip in Florida, we hired a guide. And he chartered a boat for us. He took us out to the best spot that he knew of. And it was, it was going to be an epic experience, right? But the issue was that my father had told me, he said, you've never been on the ocean before. You don't know how those waves are going to be. You're going to get sick. You're going to get seasick. You're going to be throwing up. I want you to have a good time. So you're going to take this Dramamine, right? I was high on Dramamine for four hours... And I've never gotten motion sickness ever in my life. Roller coasters are fine, whatever. Like, I, I'm good, right? But he, he made me take this this uh, this nausea medicine or whatever it is, and I was just out of it the whole time, right? And I just remember bits and pieces of the fishing trip. And the bits and pieces I remember is the guide coming up, putting a pole in my hand, me falling back asleep. Me waking up and the pole being bent down into the water and everybody saying, you got something, you got something. Me reeling it in and then going back to sleep. And I wake up again, you got something, you got something. And oh, over and over and over that's all I remember the whole trip and I asked everybody how did it go and they were like this how it was for everybody the whole trip we were catching fish left and right and that's what happens when you have a guide we tried to make it happen on our own in Minnesota we learned from our lessons and we got a professional right emotions are not professional tour guides they love to take detours. They love to get you off track. They love to get you off subject. And they love for you to stop doing what doesn't feel good. Emotions are terrible guides. They will not lead you to where you want to go. They will take you where they want to go. And sometimes you're like, well, it's my emotions. If I feel that way, I really should go that I should really do what I want to do. I should really do what I thought. No, 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 no. Listen, your emotions are not really what you want. Trust me, because we've all been in moments where we thought we wanted it, but then a few days later, we regretted it, right? Uh, I know that um, some gentlemen here, and you're going to get mad at me. I'm going to make my my fellas mad. Um, uh, I promise I'm on your side, okay? But the boat looks good on Craigslist. It looks good behind the truck. It looks good in the water. It's beautiful in the driveway, But the first month that the bill shows up for the loan you had to take, your wife's face doesn't look good. It's trouble. It feels good in the moment. But if we follow our emotions to places that aren't thought out, if we follow emotions as a reaction instead of planning through it and responding in a biblical Christ, Holy Spirit led manner, then we end up in places we don't want to be. I believe that's where Elijah was. Elijah found himself in a situation that he allowed his emotions to take him to that did not not reflect the character and the experience that he had with God. Just before that passage, Elijah experiences one of the most remarkable moments in the Bible. God rains fire from heaven onto wet, soaked wood, devours it all up, And then kills Elijah's enemies. Kills these prophets that are worshiping a false God. If you or I had seen that, it's going to be on Facebook Live. I'm going to have it recorded on my phone. And I'm going to post about it every day for the rest of my life. And nobody is ever going to tell me that God doesn't exist, right? There is not going to be a single thing that can shake me because I just watched fire drop from the sky. But this lady who at the time didn't have power, makes a death threat towards Elijah because she didn't like that he killed the prophets of this false god. And in response to this death threat, Elijah loses it. And he responds in emotion and allows the fear, the emotion to lead him into the wilderness. And I'm sure that we can relate with his story. We've been led into some wildernesses by our emotions, by our heart, by the feelings that a situation dictates on our life. And we follow where we weren't meant to go. But let me tell you this. Emotions aren't good guides, but they're great gauges. You know, a gauge is to measure what's happening. A gauge is, is to measure certain levels in order to protect the machine or the operator from danger. God has placed emotions in our life to gauge the status of our soul. And so when you feel anger, it is not for you to bust the hinge off the gauge and to lose your mind and to freak out. It's so you can step back and say, okay, Holy Spirit, what are you showing me? And so you can say, why am I so invested in this why does it hurt so bad when I fail why does it hurt so bad when they neglect me or reject me why why do I feel so lonely why do I it's a gauge for you to tell what's going on internally not to lead you not to guide you but to give you an assessment an assessment is not a decision maker it's just intel It's just to give an update. What's going on? How am I really doing? Emotions are a gauge, not a guide. Number two, emotions are temporary, not terminal. Emotions are temporary, not terminal. I want to read 2 Corinthians 4.17. This is uh, the ESV version. And it says, For this light momentary affliction... It's preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. This light, momentary affliction. You know, you can't trust emotion because you can't trust anything that doesn't stand the test of time. My dad, to this day, he will not, uh, he will not configure or load up Apple Pay on his phone. He refuses And if I need, like, if he's trying to send me a present or money or whatever, like, we're we're trying to split dinner or whatever, like, like, there is no cash app. There is no Venmo. Like, anything to do with, like, my money being transferred across the Internet, it's not happening. He needs the test of time, tried and true, American Banking. Right? Like we, we want like uh, maybe it's a, a car brand for you that you, like you're, that's, that's my brand. I'm going to drive because when I was in that one wreck, I didn't get a scratch on me. I'm driving that car till the day that I die. Or maybe it's a, it's a certain uh, drink. It's a certain restaurant. It's a certain place. What, what, we all have things that because of our experiences we can stand on it, right? Emotions are not one of those things. Emotions are quicksand because all they're doing is rotating in and rotating out. They're here one moment and they're gone the next. We've all experienced an emotion as a response to something or somebody and then a moment later realize we acted like a fool. I'll never forget the first time my dad told me he was sorry. Oh, it was a beautiful moment. He thought he, uh, the bus driver at school had said that I had said something to somebody, which I didn't, and I swore up and down. I was like, Dad, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I promise I didn't say it. And he was like, why would that sweet little girl make that up? And so I was in so much trouble, not so much for what I said, because he thought I was lying, right? And, uh, and then the truth came out. They, like, took the, the videotape off the bus or whatever. It was this big ordeal. And I was like, yes, I didn't do a thing. And my dad walked into my room and goes, son, I'm sorry. Here's 20 bucks. And he walked out. I was like, yes. Let's go. Right. But we've all been there. We've all been there. We've allowed a situation or emotion to lead us and guide us into making a decision, into doing a certain thing. And a moment later we realized how foolish that was. How silly was I to think that I could storm into my boss's office and tell him how it was. How how foolish was I to think I was going to show up and tell my wife what we were doing tonight? No, we, we allow emotion to bring us to a place of thinking that what I feel temporarily is truth, when emotion it, it doesn't have substance, it, emotion doesn't, doesn't have any foundation to build upon. We don't want to stand on something that is quickly fading. But there in, in 2 Corinthians, it says that the afflictions, the pain, the emotion that you feel, it, it's quickly fading. It, it's, it's a temporary, a moment of affliction. But we have something eternal to hold on to. See, the only thing that is a, 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 a bookend on the life of a believer the only thing that that puts a stop to the sentence to the story of your life the only thing that should have the ability and the power to make a proclamation over you is not how you feel but is the word of god it is not what you encounter, but it is the spirit that leads you. We have to come to a place where we no longer allow how we feel to dictate our faith. But our faith dictates how we feel. We turn back to emotion and we say, okay, I see the gauges redlining. I see some things are happening. I feel the tank is on empty, but I'm not going to stop believing. I'm not going to stop praying. I'm not going to stop worshiping. I'm not going to stop reading. I'm not going to stop congregating with believers i'm not going to stop being in community i'm not going to stop just because i feel like it if jesus did everything that he felt like he would have never went to the cross Whoa, 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 that was Jesus' point. What do you mean he never would have went to the cross? He was in the garden praying to his father, if it's your will, take this cup from me. If there is any other way that this can happen, please let that be the way we do things. Because I do not want to get spikes driven through my hands and feet and a crown put on my head of thorns. I do not want to be beaten and whipped and spit upon. I don't feel like doing that. But he did it followed his father to a place. He was so intimate with the spirit of God that he didn't let emotion rob humanity from salvation. Emotions are gauges, not guides. They're temporary, not terminal. God is the only one that gets to put a period at the end of your life. He's the only one that puts the period at the end of your situation. Emotions, they're a driving force. But we're meant to drive them, not the other way around. That's so my third and final point. Emotions are calls, not causes. Emotions are calls, not causes. You know, if every great cause in, in history and, and, and even now across the earth, whether it was humanitarian or it was some sort of, you know, eco-cause or whatever whatever it was. <clears throat> or even even for, um, you know, the cause of the church and, and causes for, for the Lord. If they were founded upon how people felt, nothing would have ever been accomplished. See, a lot of times we feel a certain way and so we think it's a cause that we need to marry our life to. But we've just uncovered together that emotions are temporary and they're not good guides. And so if, if I rally my life around the way that I feel or the way that I feel about a person or the way that I feel about a, uh, a, a thing, then there's no guarantee that tomorrow I'll feel the same. There's no guarantee that in a year I'll still want to be married. There's no guarantee that in a year I'll still want to be leading the charge in an international mission front. There's no guarantee when when there are sick people all around me and poverty is everywhere and and, and, and the, the finances are running out for for your mission and, and all these things that international missions face, when, when the feelings set in, the cause dies. So if we understand that, that emotions are bad guides and emotions are temporary, then what is God's purpose for them? If, if it's not a cause, if it's not to, to bring us into some great GoFundMe campaign, then what, what is it exactly? I believe that, that God's purpose for emotions is to call us to the greatest cause, that is Jesus. That is to call us to himself. See emotions when the, when the gauge begins to flicker, when it when it starts up and, and things begin to hit to dangerous levels. You and I are, we're we're not supposed to puff out our chest. We're not supposed to to run and hide it under the covers. We're not even though I think that therapy and counseling is great, and I highly recommend it. It's not to run to our therapist. It's not to run to a glass of wine. It's not to to run to Netflix and to, to, to distract yourself. It's not to run to your spouse or to your kids or to a friend. It is not meant to do anything other than call you to Jesus. And Jesus says, hey, you're hurting. I can carry that. You're broken. I can carry that. You're lonely. I'm the best friend. You're hurting, I can fix that. You're, you're sick, I can heal that. You're, you're depressed, I can lift that. You're, you are isolated. And alone. I, I have so much in store for you. I've got you, I've got this. I'm calling you to me. The reason you feel the way that you feel, the reason you have such a, a distress in your heart and all the gauges are redlining is because you haven't come to me yet. But I'm here, I'm here and I'm the only cause worth living for. I'm the only cause that will fulfill your soul and bring salvation into your life. I'm the only cause that can take what was once broken, what was once lost, and mend it and find it and bring it into something that is new and beautiful. I love how Eugene Peterson puts it in 2 Corinthians 4. He calls it small potatoes. I love that he just puts it so Playing for us to understand what you face now it feels big, it feels tough, it feels scary. The emotions are overwhelming at times. We can't let it guide us, we can't let it take us because Jesus is here, His Spirit lives within us. to himself. He's calling us to step past how we feel in the moment, to move past the instant gratification and the instant pleasures and to step into something different. Elijah ran because of emotion, but it was the spirit of God that got him back on his feet. It was the voice of his Lord that drove him back into the city. So I I believe wholeheartedly that this series is going to be such a great tool for us to dive into some specific emotions and to begin to figure out how does God's word and how does his spirit lead us on how to handle these situations and and how I'm feeling and, and these relationships. I believe that it's going to be such a great environment and atmosphere for us to learn and to grow as a body and our emotions. But this morning, if you are at a place and you feel like you have removed yourself from the fight, you have removed yourself from believing, you have removed yourself from faith, you've removed yourself from the cause of Jesus, and not that you're out being crazy, not that you're doing insane things, and maybe maybe you are, I don't know where your situation is at in life, but wherever you are, God is saying, hey, I know how you feel, but I got a purpose and a plan for your life. I know how you feel, I see I see your pain, but I got something better for you. This is one I want to pray for you. If we can bow our heads.